Dan Tortora here in a very special wake up call uh, broadcast from ACC tip off featuring the commissioner of the ACC, Jim Phillips. Jim, how you doing? Great, Dan. Good to be with you. And I like the, the title of the segment, Wake Up Call. Yeah, it's uh, the name of the show, and it's not just because it's a morning show, it's, it's, it's because it's meant to be a wake-up call, and uh, the tagline's where sports meets life, so definitely looking for positivity and using sports as a positive vehicle to bring people together. Outstanding. So, you became the commissioner of the ACC at a time where there was a pandemic, there was the, the looming uh, thought of realignment, there's transfer portal and immediate transfer opportunities, and NIL, so you chose a perfect time to become a commissioner. <laughs> so. I was promised some type of honeymoon, <laughs> yeah. and, and any of those issues would be huge over a decade to have to deal with one of them, but to, to be dealing with all of those and some of those that you didn't even talk about, the Constitution and, mm -hmm. and um, rewriting of that and maybe a new 21st century model of the NCAA. But, um, this is a time for great opportunity. As many, as, as, and many times you hear of the challenges that face college athletics, this is also a, a chance to chart a course forward that allows what I think we all believe in at the heart of this thing for a group of young people to access higher education and for it to be affordable for them yeah. um, is, a, is a, just a beautiful calling to me. It just is. Besides the GI Bill in the history of our country, um, there's, there's, there's been no group that's benefited greater by grant and aids, scholarships, financial assistance than student athletes. And so these difficult moments, I think, drive you back to the reality of what are you doing, why are you doing it, and is it worth doing? And all of those answers come back to the center being student-athletes, and it, it's absolutely worth doing, it's worth fighting for, and it's worth finding a path forward that makes sense for 2021 and beyond. How do you look at name, image, and likeness, and what it does to the amateur model? Is there an amateur model anymore? I look at it more as a collegiate model, where young people are coming to school first, and also playing a sport. The amateur model or amateurism, I just think, you know, loosely defined. There's things that we're doing with student athletes now with not only scholarship, but cost of attendance, name, image, and likeness that, that may cloud that. So I like the collegiate model, but I do believe in the student athlete piece of it. I, I really do. And I don't ever for one second believe this is an employee-employer relationship and others disagree with that yeah. but Dan I, I just again I'm principally driven that the mission and bringing these young men and women to campus is to provide them a great academic experience while also allowing them to play a sport that they enjoy that they've been blessed with a um, with with a gift of talents in that particular area um, not the other way around. You look at the fact that uh, keeping with the student athletes, the transfer portal allowing an opportunity for them to not only bounce from school to school, to school but to not have to wait a year. And, and I know with the ACC and other conferences not asking for the two years that maybe had, had been asked in the past. What does that do to commitment 
and does it diminish commitment in any way that you could go to a school and say okay well, I'm not playing I don't like this I'm gonna go somewhere else and we've seen some student athletes go to three schools in four years four schools in four years so how do you how do you assess what the transfer portal is and, and can it be a positive thing yeah so the first element to this is the freedom of movement in our country yeah which we all really enjoy you have a chance to move around and be in this space and run this for a period of time or you have a chance to do something else on a college campus whether you're a president an athletic director a coach a faculty member a staff member you have freedom of movement to go to another school when you'd like to we have undergraduates not playing sports that are maybe not happy with their particular school that have a chance to go to another school right away and start class right away so there's just been an involvement of that, and it was time, and I'm proud that the ACC was one of those leaders in that, in that transfer, uh, immediate eligibility, and all the rest of it. All that being said, what you indicated is true. It, it, it's, it's, it makes it more difficult for young people sometimes to hang in there in a, in a tough situation um, when they know they have the ability to move uh, instant, you know, instantaneously. But um, it also allows them the freedoms and the, the, the rights that, that I just described. Um, we're going to have to watch that, right? We're going to have to watch the impact that it has. Uh, I don't th see it ever going back to not being able to be immediate uh, eligibility. But maybe the timing and the sequencing of when, when we allow some of those things to happen, maybe we're missing something. There's that law of unintended consequences. I think it's hard on coaches. I really do with yeah. with their with their ability to project. You know how many young men and women they have in individual classes as they build a roster. Um, but I also think um, it'll it'll settle itself down. And 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 the coaches that understand um, the importance of running a program that's inclusive that that has their student athletes at the forefront of the decisions they make are student athlete centric I, I gotta believe that those are those are programs that you're gonna see those student athletes continue to stay at and not want to move um, but for those that aren't having as good of an experience and sometimes it's an academic experience may not be good enough right or maybe it's playing time which is a, a what you hear a lot sometimes like I just want to go to a place where I can uh, have a better chance to play um, or if it's just not a connection with a coach that recruited them that that again is uh to me should allow our student athletes to make those uh decisions personally to you, you brought up uh, coaches and here at the acc tip-off you have coach k on his swan song you have roy williams that it just kind of happened it was it was done and he made the decision and it kind of felt uh, abrupt, at least for me, uh, knowing that I'm going to miss his expertise and what he brings to the table. So Roy moving on, uh, Coach K going to be moving on, Jim Beheim probably going to coach until he's 115, and then uh, Leonard Hamilton and Mike Bray, you know, Bray I think 21 years now, and, uh, and Leonard Hamilton about to be at that 20-year mark. Just what it means to you to have these coaches with this longevity with the programs that they've they've been with and what it means to see Roy Williams and Coach K, two of the top three winningest coaches in college basketball history on the men's side, moving forward or having moved forward? 
I'll take it maybe in chronological order um, as far as who's announced their retirement, who's retired, and you know, all that. First of all, um, I love Coach Williams, 904 wins. Nobody's won 900 games faster than he has. He's, he's been one of the, the great champions of basketball, and as good as he's been for Carolina and the ACC, he's been even better for college basketball. And I really do wish he had one more year left. Um, but I really respect the decision he made. You watched the press conference. I watched the press conference back in the spring. And um, he always said that he was going to move forward when it was the right time. And uh, he felt like that was the right time for us. So for he and Wanda, um, you know, I, I think that was exactly the right decision. And we'll get a chance to honor him this year at, at some point, And I look forward to that. For Mike Shashevsky, who I have a really a, a great relationship with, like I do with Coach Williams, um, I'm really glad he's sticking around for another year so that our ACC schools and college basketball can thank him along each of these stops throughout the season. Uh, and and uh, I, I, you know, having had a chance to talk to both of them, they're, they're, they're both going to remain around their programs and they're not going to be a hindrance and they don't want to interfere in in Roy's case with Hubert Davis as he takes over this year or with Coach K's in Coach K's case with John Shire taking over a year from now uh, they still have a lot to offer they have a lot to offer their schools they have a lot to offer the ACC and college basketball but you know what Dan that's the beauty of this conference how good it's been is um, there's going to be others that are going to come just like you know Roy Williams and, and some of those coaches that have retired and been in the Hall of Fame, uh, Dean Smith, I should say, and then you move down to Roy Williams, there, there's going to be another iteration. And we still are blessed with Coach Beheim, and I think Leonard Hamilton's in that group, right, of great coaches. And I think Mike Bray and I think Tony Bennett, right? So there's that next wave behind Roy Williams and Mike Krzyzewski that are phenomenal and then there's that younger group that's coming along and so it ends up being cyclical and you wish coaches could stay around forever but it is about that passage of time and the passing of the torch from one to the next um, and so the ACC in its 68 years of history has been really blessed with some unbelievable coaches in basketball and all of our sports and I know that that's going to continue I really do for today's moment, right, we thank Coach Williams, we thank Coach Krzyzewski, yeah. and we'll, we'll continue to lift them up and, and uh, build off of the legacies that they've left. Does Jim Beheim have 1,083 wins heading into the 2021 season? I mean, do you, are you for or against kind of retroactive, trying to take away history, I guess is what I'm asking. I don't know. I mean, that's... It's, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard not to give schools credit. Um, I think ultimately Syracuse will decide what Syracuse wants to do in that particular case. Yeah. Um, but I, I just know he, he's, he's a Hall of Fame basketball coach and a Hall of Fame person. He's been great for Syracuse. He's been great for the ACC. Um, I'm, I'm going to enjoy watching he and the other 14 coaches coach this year. I'm going to enjoy watching his two sons play, which I think is really special, yeah. having two 
of my five children as college student athletes. I think that's always fun. I wouldn't have any idea what it would be to coach them. I'm glad I, I won't have to ever do that. Um, so, uh, so I'm happy for he and Julie and and to have two two of their guys in the same uniform for the first time in, in maybe a long time. You're a leader in the ACC. You're a leader in collegiate athletics. But being a leader in general to you means what? Because this isn't, I spoke with Amy Acole about it, and she said, listen, we're not curing cancer and this and that, you know, we're, we're doing what we can, we're doing our part, but leadership in the world of sports to me, uh, because Wake Up Call is where sports meets life, I feel like you stem out, and, and though you may not be a doctor in, in, a, in a room doing surgery, there's a lot from a leadership standpoint that you can do in effect, especially through the ACC, so how do you view leadership, and what impact can you have on the country as a whole, maybe the world? So, uh, Dan, I would just say this, um, leadership will only be what you put into it and what you believe it to be. And I take this role so seriously. I didn't think I would leave Northwestern, I was very happy there, managing 536 student athletes and staff of 250, 270 people. But this was a chance to come and lead 10,000 young men and women in 15 world-class institutions. What does that mean? What that means is supporting and advocating for young people through academics, through sport, trying to provide them the very best experiences that we can across our 15 schools in the time we have them, whether it's one year or whether it's five or six years, um, to make sure that we stay true to our values, that it is academically driven. Yeah. Right? We also want and expect them to be really great representatives of their institutions and of their community. So there's a social component and expectation for them also to stand up and, and join arms in unison over issues that they believe uh, in, but also to lend a helping hand to those less fortunate and then play a sport at an incredibly high level, the highest level you can collegiately and to try to win and chase championships. And, and overall, it's that ability to, to do those things and get a group to follow you along that path, which I think equates to how good your leadership is or, or is not. And um, I think at times that, that ability and that understanding of leadership is really underrated and underappreciated because I think we all know what happens when you don't have leadership. Yeah. I think to what you've been doing with this podcast or with this show is the ability to shine a light on leadership and how it really matters and values and morality and ethics, all of those things combined with others really are significant and they're really significant when you are the leaders and the leader of young people who, who are aspirational and are trying to find their path. Faith-wise, we spoke off the air a little bit about the fact that it's important to you and it's important to me. How would you describe how your faith drives you and, and how does it affect your day-to-day -day and how will it affect the way that you lead the ACC? I'm not sure there's, any, there's anything that means more to me. It's my faith in my family. I was raised one of ten children uh, in the city of Chicago. Um, we didn't have a lot of material things, but there wasn't anything I longed for as a young person because we had this great faith led by two amazing parents 
and we had this beautiful church and community that um, you didn't need anything more. We had a roof over our head, we had food on the table, we had a place to sleep, but God was in our life. And it matters to me, again, as much as anything. It's something I do daily, um, make a commitment, um, both to be present in mind and in spirit. Um, it drives my values, it drives who I am, and most importantly, who I am as a husband and a father of five children. Um, but how it drives me in my work, you know, as commissioner, and it drives me in a few ways. To have empathy for people, to be supportive of people, um, to, to encourage people, to be positive with people, um, be encouraging and, and all I think that you want from a boss or a, lead, or, or, or a leader. Um, and some people uh, don't feel as strongly as I do about it in life, just like for you. But, but that doesn't mean that you don't stay just as committed to them when it comes to that. And you do it in the ways I described, and it may not be talking about your faith, Christianity, or whatever it ends up being. Um, it's how you treat them. And I think you, it does come down to you treat others as you'd like to be treated. And we're in a period of time where there's divisiveness and struggles. And part of the deep responsibility that we have um, for others is to, to open your heart to them and to allow them um, to be touched by your presence in the sense of that they know that someone in your role cares about them, deeply cares about them, more as a person than you do what they could potentially do in their particular role. So it's interesting dynamic, it's an interesting time to have those kinds of dynamics involved, but I am so thankful that the faith that I have is so deep and so instilled in me by my parents and what I've tried to do um, leading my life that that even on those really difficult days I know it's God's will that whatever that happened happened and that we'll work through it. Coming from the commissioner of the ACC Jim Phillips a lot more to have I hope here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Thank you sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it very much.